Hey, I'm Johan Lennox. My debut album, What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up, is out right now. And this is my album analysis on Turntable Teachers. And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. And we are here for a very special pop up podcast at Big Night Live. And I'm here with Johan Lennox, who clearly needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. He's a composer, he's an artist, he's a musician. Uh, he just dropped an album called What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? He's currently touring for 070 Shake, also has some other shows as well that he's headlining one coming up in LA and one coming up in New York. Uh, the album just dropped, as I mentioned, it's an amazing body of work. Uh, he's a turntable teacher, uh, turntable teachers alumni. He's already been on the show about a year ago, and uh, here we are in the flesh, man. Thank you so much for doing of this. Course, this is man. awesome. It's great to be here. It's great to finally meet you in person. I feel uh, like it's yeah, it's. I, I'm yeah. starting to lose track. Like, I think I'm linking up with somebody later today who has been working for me a, for a year, and I don't actually think we've ever met. Hard <laughs> even. No. It's pretty crazy, man. Well, so I want to congratulate you first off on the album. Uh, it's been Thank great, you. amazing body of work. Um, you know, obviously, the last couple of weeks you've been touring. The, the, the album just dropped. So, like, what's the last couple of weeks been like for you? It feels like it's kind of a tumultuous time for you. Just, yeah, it's been yeah. pretty hectic. I mean, I was already planning all this shit around the album release. And then this tour, uh, like, my opening for the entire tour came together three days before the first date of the tour. So, it was just a lot of time to get... Yeah, it's just now it's just every single thing that happens. I'm like in a car trying to get on a call about something, or like they just put up a billboard actually, two billboards of me in LA because I'm on this thing from the Pharrell, like his music.com thing. So I got to go back to LA on Monday for my show, and then somehow before that show, I'm going to run around the city and get photos of me in front of the billboard. It's just like it's a lot of uh, moving parts at once, but it's cool. It's good to, it's good to like be on the road because it's like I don't, I can't be called into sessions. So it's like, at least when I'm in a car going somewhere, all I can do is just respond to people about yeah. stuff. So actually, yeah, it's kind of relaxing in a weird way. Awesome. How's the tour been? Like, how's it, how's it feel like being on tour and, and doing all these shows? Like, is there a show so far that's been like really um, like a standout one for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this will be the one. Or yeah. We're here tonight and tomorrow. Tomorrow we're at uh, Paradise Rock Club. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess of all the cities so far, Montreal went pretty crazy. Uh, DC, Maryland was really a good one for me. It's just, I try to like, you know, most of the people in the room aren't going to like know who I am necessarily when I get on the stage, except maybe a handful of people. So it's like the two factors for me is just like, is there a condition of people that do know who I am and are, and know the songs and stuff? And I think that was maybe biggest in, in Maryland or, uh, I don't know, Detroit was pretty good for that too, for some reason. But then also of the people that aren't familiar, like, are they just is it just an audience of people that's like down and open-minded and shit? And I think right. that that's been, yeah, those, those cities, it was really good. So definitely, definitely. And back-to-back -back nights in Boston where you pretty much where you've grown up and yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you feel like going into, into this weekend in terms of uh, the two nights back-to-back? -back? I mean, it's crazy. Cause I like haven't done a show here really. Like I've, you know, like I've been living in LA for the past few years and then the pandemic kind of foreclosed like any shows for a couple of years when I was really starting to ratchet things up. So just in the last six months, I started doing stuff in L.A. and New York and then was already I was thinking, like, how can I get a Boston show together? I was thinking about people I could, like, share a bill with and all that. And, like, I'm still going to do that. But this is, like, a nice way to just immediately see, like, half the country in the space of uh, basically a month. So 
Yeah, it's, but it's incredible to be back here. I'm so excited for tonight. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely pumped, too. I'm sure a lot of artists we work with and uh, people that we in the, in the scene are definitely going to be here at least tonight or, or the following night. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're stoked. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we and I'm down wait. to, like, we should all do stuff after. You can cut this out if you want. We should all <laughs> go out after and do something, you know. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't don't have any plans, so let's get Yeah, no, I'm, I'm especially tonight. Yeah, we're, we're, right, we're, we're then we got to wake up early. We're around. Yeah. <laughs> we're around for sure. Well, after the show, we'd love to. I want to quickly dive into the album, of course. I want to do a little album analysis and uh, talk to you a little bit about the project and the theme of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, the title is What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? And I just I loved especially, I think, how you sequenced it. And I know you've talked oh, a lot yeah. about that. Um, wh- what was it like for you sequencing a project where a lot of the songs you made years ago? Like, was this a theme yeah. that you've had for a really long time for the project and you've just kind of been working towards it? Because I know like a song like last time you were on our show, we talked a lot about phases with Cousin yeah, Stiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you said, I know you've mentioned that like, Fuck This Town, yeah. uh, you made years and years ago so what's yeah, that been yeah, like yeah. for you as you've structured the project well the songs like had to evolve to like like fuck this town in particular there's like 20 or 30 versions of and it's just like they had to evolve to like fit um into the project as the project changed um uh, so it was kind of like um you know it's like as soon as one factor would happen like oh i got this feature back from this person oh but that like now the, the album's too lopsided in this direction or like that production doesn't really it, it work under their vocal anymore so I gotta reproduce it and like oh I really wanna get an interlude from 070 Shake and I got that and then it's like okay cool but how does that fit into the story and like what do I gotta change around it for it to flow and I'm just I'm really big on like intros and outros and stuff and just trying to really make sure that like really like I've been listening to this project as an album in order since before Phases was out actually and like you know stuff has changed since then but it was it's the, the story and the flow of it came together like quite a bit before yeah. even some of the songs were finished. Uh, totally. I feel like it has a, not only a cohesive sound, but a cohesive just kind of obviously yeah. uh, progression. Like you have this narrator who, you know, you're kind of playing, whether it's you or, you know, just an idea of, of somebody. Uh, this person clearly is past the point of uh, feeling like, you know, they've grown up and but they're really they still want to do that, like spontaneity and being and being a youth, uh, yeah. youthful person. And, you know, you kind of but you're still in this messy situation uh, in, in your in their life. And they sort of go from that to, you know, so they're still like, you know, getting drunk and calling up booty calls and all that. It's yeah. still trying to then they're trying to get their shit together. Uh, and then this person obviously like goes, tries to go home and find that, but then realizes that, hey, you know, this is not really, uh, you know, where I can find myself here either. Um, yeah. Realizing that some of the people from like home or just and people like some of the adults as well are just as fucked up as, as us yeah. potentially and the people that helped us grow up. And then I feel like it, there's a lot of hopelessness throughout the project until sort of the very end where I feel like there starts to become a little bit of hopelessness. Maybe this character, this person that you're portraying hasn't really found the answers yet, but is finding some hopelessness. So that gave just yeah. a quick little spark notes version of this album. Uh, try yeah, to fill in some holes. Try to fill in some holes there, though, if I get in specific. No, yeah, specifics. I mean, I think the thing, I guess, I, it's always weird. It's like it's almost inevitable that this happens, but like after a project comes out, I always like have some new realization about it. And I feel like the one this time was just that like... I think in the end, the message of the album is really, um, it's what, like, my girlfriend who recorded all the voice memos and stuff, it's like what she's saying is kind of the actual message of the album, and mm-hmm. me, like, my, like, character is more just, like, asking questions, and then, like, the um, the answers to those questions are not clear, but it's sort of like, the answer is just sort of like, keep going and don't give up, kind of, so I feel like it's sort of an anti-giving up album. Mm. 
in, you know, where the lo- the songs present like a lot of reasons to want to give up or be apathetic. And I don't think that my character ever really like gets to the point of being like, yeah, actually, shit's gonna be great. <laughs> but but there is like this thing at the end of like, well, I'm still figuring it out. Don't wait for me to figure it out. But I am working on it, I guess. So sure. I feel like there is somewhat of an optimistic. If you can say that yeah. kind of tone to it, maybe. Definitely. It's a very pessimistic vibe for the most part, but <laughs> I don't know how you could live right now and not feel that way. No, I, I understand that completely. Um, yeah, lyrically, there's definitely more of a pessimistic side of it. And even, I think, instrumentally, too. And, of course, on this album, you blend a lot of or- uh, orchestral sounds and classical sounds and then really blending in a lot of those really contemporary pop uh, sounds as well. And I really feel like instrumentally, I think, well, obviously, lyrically, you can give off a lot um, as like through music to the to the listener, but I feel like instrumentally, it really this album in particular provides a lot of emotion through the tones. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in the beginning, I feel like there's a lot more of like a melancholy sound, and then towards the end, there's definitely more of a I think a like a brighter tone. Was that like a purposeful thing for you, or uh, it's interesting? I don't. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it, they're all. I mean, "Don't Wait for Me" is probably the saddest song of the album in a way at the end, but. I don't know. Everybody hears stuff differently. And I think that's been the big lesson of what I've been doing for the past few years is that you can't really like tell people how to feel about something. And it's like, I have my version of it, which is like, yeah, I feel like there's like a more fun, like sort of fuck it attitude in the middle of the album kind of with hitting different and fuck this town and get my shit together. Right. And then I feel like it kind of takes a turn with like, I guess no one gets me towards the end I feel like it gets kind of I feel like phases is kind of the low point emotionally like that mm. pure like bitterness I feel like and no one gets me it's just like pure delusion mm. but then it's like the shake is kind of like hey it's almost time to like you know stop fighting it basically in her interlude and at the end I'm just kind of like yeah I don't know if I'm ready but <laughs> to grow up really but uh you know I think that there's yeah it's sort of I feel like it kind of I don't know I'm trying to think if I could draw a picture of it it would be like kind of low mid then kind of up, then fucking down, and then just sort of <laughs> just kind of crawling your way back out at the end. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Don't Wait For Me, that song is, I think lyrically it definitely has more, like you're saying, a more sadder, like negative tone to it. But I, I think just instrumentally, uh, to me, it just sounded a little bit more bright. Um, yeah, no, so. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like that one's, there's like a little bit of like R&B that kind of creeps into the chord progressions too. Like Don't Be A Loser, I feel like is a little R&B. Mm. And then... I feel like Don't Wait For Me is the only like actual R&B song on the album from how I think of R&B. So I feel like that also provides like maybe a it's been interesting, too, because like I wasn't I'm working on the next album already and I wasn't really planning on having anything remotely like that on there. But like the overall reaction from everybody that heard the album was that that song is a banger or like that it was like the one that they really felt and shit. And so now I'm kind of thinking like, oh, maybe maybe that's a direction I should at least explore as well. Oh, yeah. The outro on that song is Awesome. Oh, with the noise. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, no one's really asked me about that. I, there, there was one dude who did it a few months ago before it came out, but like the, the noise stuff is foreshadowed and aimless. And, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and then it goes really ham. The last two minutes of the album are just full on fucking static. And I think, I think what it sounds like to me most of all is it sounds like when you're in a car and you're like listening to the radio and you go through an area with bad reception, and it just starts going, you know? But I feel yeah. like that, the car. The car is like a character on the album, I think, kind of. Like, there's a lot of stuff that takes place in, a, in the backseat of a car and, you know, just driving at, in the middle of the night or, like, driving through your hometown or, like, it's very, like, suburban driving music. And so I feel like it kind of plays into that of just, like, this sense of aimlessness and kind of, like, 
not heading to a destination, maybe getting pulled off the grid a bit. And, you know, so I, I think that, Love that is sort of where I've landed on with that. That's super dope. Super dope. Features are incredible, man. You got obviously 07 Shake on yeah. there. Cousin Stiz. Yeah. Lancey Foe. Yeah. K-Sai. Um, Thousand Man uh, Fani. Is that how you pronounce it? Thousand that? Man Fani. Thousand Casey is how you K- Casey. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, excuse okay. me. My apologies, Casey. Yeah, he's a new artist. He's a great artist, though. He's all. He's awesome. He's awesome. You actually put me on to him. I listened to some of his newer stuff recently. He's like my favorite newest kind of guy. He's incredible. Yeah. Do you have any like memorable stories or anything that uh, from any of these features uh, getting or working with any of these people um, sure, that really yeah. stands out to you or uh, yeah I mean there's a couple moments I mean like when we were shooting the video with Ant oh, for you up yeah yeah like Ant Clemens for you up we did that in this like old taxi cab I think I maybe told you this already but that yeah, yeah, yeah. shooting that video like that that car like broke down in the middle of the shoot and like it's just a it's the people who rented us to us were not anticipating that we would at any point be driving it. We were just, just like, just take photos with it. Just like an old ass car. shit. Yeah, like, it's like 60s or something. And, you know, it smelled like gasoline the entire time. It didn't have seatbelts in it, which also helps you place it in time a little bit. It just yeah. didn't have seatbelts. So it was cool. And then we just broke down. And Ant had just gotten to set. And we were just, like, about to film. And he's so fucking busy. We had to film his entire section without knowing that the car was going to work. And then some dude on the street basically just like knew enough about cars that he was just like, here, let me like slap this one thing really hard. And then it, you know, after like 20 minutes of, you know, <laughs> messing around. But yeah, so we got out of this. That was a little scary. That's not really a story about Ant, but it's a story about that video. And Ant was right, very right. patient with us. And we were blessed uh, for that. Thousand yeah. um, Man Fani on the set of that video was like setting actual U.S. currency on fire, which was pretty funny. Oh, wow. I, I don't know why he was doing it. I think he. We had a fire, and he just—I think he was just trying to <laughs> flex. I love him; he's super nice. Great fucking verse, I think. And I mean, Shake. I mean, the, the story with Shake is not really a story, but like, she was originally going to be featured on the first track, the "What Happening" oh, track. Okay. Also, it's called "What Happening" because one time I was in a TikTok with Todd Dolla Sign, and he and I was trying to say "What up" and change it to "What's Happening" in the middle, but. Ended up with what happening, which is a thing that I just say a lot now. It's just completely <laughs> nonsensical. As an English teacher, that you know grinds just my gears a little bit. A little not, bit. Yeah, it doesn't. What <laughs> happening is a thing that I say now. And uh, yeah, so Shake was on a version of that, and like then you know it was like a few months later. I was like, hey, so we're gonna put this out. And she's like, ah, I don't like that anymore. I was like, ah, all right. And she's just like, let's just get a, you know, like, we'll do like an interlude. We'll do like vocals, like you write some vocals. And actually we had done this, the first song on her album, it's called Web. It already came out. I yep. produced and it's, it literally is made that way with my vocals and her vocals. And she had just really enjoyed that process. And she was like, let's just do another one of those and we'll put it for your album. So we made that in one night. But tracking her down to do anything, and I fucking love Shake, of course. Tracking her down to do anything is impossible because she, like, for the most part, doesn't have a phone. So you oh, just wow. have to, like, hassle the people around her and be like, yo, when is she coming back to the crib? Is she good? <laughs> is she doing something? And then you show up and it's like, is the engineer here? Okay, no, can I engineer? You know, it's like, it's always a, it's always an adventure. But, you know, she's fucking amazing and she she's, like, incapable of making anything that isn't just fucking genius, in my opinion. She's, like, probably my favorite artist, so. Yeah, yeah well. Of course, yeah, and you're opening for her, which is obviously an amazing thing Incredible. for you. Incredible. so you? fucking, I could not think of a better artist to be opening for it right now. And I think your your sounds are obviously different, but I think there's a similarity in terms of like the term type of like maybe audience you could draw for like I think her music's actually even more cinematic than mine and that it really is just like these the the songs barely have like a song structure a lot of times it's just these vibey tri- trips through like music. Yeah. Whereas mine are like at least on this album and I've kind of talked about this in interviews but but like the album is largely pop songs with 
choruses and verses and pre-choruses, you know, and like they're structured in a pretty traditional pop way because I really just wanted to prove to myself as someone who grew up around classical music who didn't really know anything about pop music. I just wanted to prove that I could make pop songs. And so I think, you know, I may not stick that rigidly to it in the future, but this was just like in some ways an exercise to be like, what? It, let me try to like make bangers, you know, like get my shit together. You up. These are like they're really just structured exactly like, you know, Khalid and Drake and all those artists that, I, that I really like. So uh, I don't know what we're talking about, but yeah, <laughs> it's all good, man. This is great. This is great content. She, but her shit's not like that. Yeah. So I think that's like the contrast. But then I think like. And also, there's a lyrical contrast with us, too. I've been thinking about this, because her songs are very trippy lyrically, very abstract, in the same way they are musically, whereas mine are, like, extremely down-to-earth, like, I'm driving right now, and I'm feeling depressed, and I'm going to get high or something. It's, like, really, you know, like, I shout out the red line in my song 15, which I'm playing tonight. Uh, You know, like, she's not usually doing that. I mean, I guess she'll say, like, a flight number or something, but it's usually very sort of, like, you kind of make what you will of it with her. Which I, th- I take inspiration from, but yeah, definitely, like, I think it's a good contrast, but I think we also both live in kind of a similar place definitely. in terms of the music, kind of the whole world of music. Yeah, no, I can totally hear that for sure. Um, favorite song on the album for you? Like, I know it's tough yeah, picking, yeah. like, it's all your, they're all your children, they're all your babies, so, like, you're, yeah. you're picking amongst, obviously, one of your kids here. But yeah, it changes a lot. I mean, I think, like, the latest thing I've done often is the thing that I'm just the most excited by, like, the Casey feature is the very last thing that I did, and the fact that that youth choir has been on there Brooklyn Youth Chorus has been on there for years like literally two and a half like we recorded them before the pandemic wow um, yeah a lot of shit has happened but um, the, having Casey interact with them like that's something that I didn't even know I was going to get until a couple months ago when I was working with them I was just like I feel like he'd be really good on this and like so that's been really fun for me the Mr. Hudson Burning Sky oh, interlude right. we re- we, she was there we recorded this like three months ago for the first time ever we just wrote it on the spot um, so it's like that one's and a lot of people seem to really fuck with that one actually so that you know sometimes it's like if everybody's liking a song that makes me listen to it again and be like why is everybody liking this and that makes me kind of grow to like it more whereas like you know they're all great I know a lot of people like phases you know but it's like it's been out for two years and I'm just like it's it's not new to me anymore but I definitely see why people like that one as well yeah I think for me obviously you as you know you up as a huge favorite of ours yeah, uh, yeah. and then uh, no one really gets me I think as well that that song is amazing with rumor I think he Thank did and, uh, and I he's really so loved, great he's oh, his his stuff is incredible and I really loved the visuals you guys had for that oh yeah that was yeah, like, that one was of my favorite one. videos that you've had so far that was a good one I wish I had a story about that but it was just such an easy day and he was such a good sport about you know just wait <laughs> it was very hot yeah that church wasn't really air-conditioned so and he, and he had the mask on right yeah. and he's like one little one the- little tidbit this is for real internet fucking nerds but there was this this girl named Sarah Brand who had a song that went viral like nine months ago because people like basically her vocals like kind of out of tune and people couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a joke or not and it was like it has like two million views on it and like Newsweek articles about like this weird and the, her song takes place in a church at a wedding and she's in the church scene at a wedding in my video because I just like hit her up I was a fan of just the, <laughs> the internet trolling you know and uh, so yeah so if, if you if you look really closely you might catch her <laughs> that's awesome uh, now that's now that's been out for almost a week now. Uh, what's the reception been like? I know oh, it's you, been yeah. crazy. I mean, it's it's just really good that the tour is happening. I mean, it's just I'm just so grateful that this tour came together exactly at the same time as the album coming out because just like every show, it's just like you know whatever 30, 40 people that like DM afterwards, and I can just be like, let me know what you think of the album, and then it's just like you know I just keep getting more and more 
you know, people listening to it, and it just feels like things are kind of coming together. So, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. been crazy. But, you know, I'm not someone who, like, people tend to, like, study the numbers on this shit and be like, how many streams did it do the first day, blah, blah. And it's like, if you're Drake, I guess that's, like, a meaningful thing. But, like, I don't fucking care. Like, I look at DMs. I look at – I try to just find people that care about it. And if they're having a good time, then I'm having a good time. And I really feel as though, like, you're getting a lot of looks on, like, some of these, uh, you know, these playlists. I know Apple's really, like, pushing oh, it. yeah, yeah. Apple put title. me on a co- – Music.com, yeah, I mentioned earlier, Pharrell's website had, has two billboards with my face on them in L.A. right now. It's incredible. Apple Music has me at the top of some shit. What was it? It's like creators or music, something, some kind of behind the scene. Spotlight. spotlight. Creator Spotlight, I think maybe is what it's called. Was it Anti-Pop is another one? Didn't they put you Spotify like Spotify had me on the cover of the Anti-Pop playlist, and they've had pretty much everything on the album on New Music Friday, which is sick. And, like, that stuff's all great. I mean, I really I appreciate that because it does help more people find it. But I think I've exactly. just learned – I've come to learn that it – it's really the most important thing. It's just like every individual person who's like, yo, this song spoke to me like that means now I think more to me than, you know, all the whole music industry getting For behind sure. it, whether they do or not, you know. Well, I think you dropped the album at a perfect time, right? We're just getting out of a pandemic. People are already feeling this yeah. way in Are a we? lot of ways. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> depend, I guess it would depend on I think this, the music industry is a strange place <laughs> where, like, basically the pandemic ended after, like, June of 2020, and no one ever stopped going to parties after that point. And I, I don't think I've ever been in a session where someone wore a mask or anything. It's just, it's just fucking, it's chaos. So, you know, I do my except best. Except Rumor, right? He's the only one. Well, yeah, but Rumor's mask is literally every part except the, the mouth. mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he has also made this joke. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't well, know, man. It's, I you know, I mean, I try to be safe. We're all vaccinated and shit. And we had to do testing and stuff to do this tour. So we do mm-hmm. our best. But, you know, in the end, like, obviously, people want to go out and they're going to go out no matter what at this point. So Definitely. we're just we're here doing our best to entertain. Well, yeah. I'm and the string, my string players actually do wear masks thanks to my, like, duck hunter headgear that I've been making them wear for this shit. So they're <laughs> actually, like, probably the safest COVID uh, musicians on stage. There you go. Uh, a great segue. My final two questions here. Sure. Uh, I wanted to ask you about writing the sheet music for this tour because I know you mentioned oh, yeah. that uh, 07 O'Shake like pretty much told you about this tour like not not too uh, far before the, the start date, yeah. and you had to write in like what ten hours or something like that. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, specifically, like the, the 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 pop songs I'm doing, I had already arranged and I made a couple tweaks, but like pretty much like I had done those before and I was ready, which thankfully um and i've done a couple shows i did one in new york a few months ago so yeah so but uh yeah i mean she had always spoken we've been talking about this like maybe this will be a thing but no one ever was like yes this is happening again until three days before the thing so yeah i had to get my shit together no pun intended really fast yeah and um basically like the other part of the deal was that in the major cities which is new york la and we decided boston um, that in addition to doing my main set, which is like 35 minutes or something of music, I'm also doing this like what was going to be a 25 minute, we cut it down to 15, of just straight up classical violin and piano, sort of like a piano trio, but different, slightly different instrumentation, but like piece that I was going to write. And it would just be like, she was just like, yeah, just do your like classical orchestra shit. You know, I'm just like, all right, well, I have two violins. I'm not going to probably do more than that for logistical reasons, but I could write a piece for two violins and piano. I don't have one. And so then I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll just write this. And the tour started Friday. Let's see. Yeah. And then I had a rehearsal all day Thursday. So I just, yeah, Wednesday morning woke up and wrote 25 minutes of classical music, which normally is something I would take about two months to do in about 10 hours. 
and then I woke up really early on Thursday and kind of fixed it up. But yeah, it's uh, so we just played wow. that earlier today, and it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And we've done it in New York, and it was just really cool because like I've always like said like my long range goal with this shit is to just eventually be doing classical music for like hordes of screaming fans. Like I think that's like ideally how that music should be experienced in my yeah, opinion. Totally. And by classical, I mean like contemporary classical. I don't you know, but you know, just like I was doing, I was a composer in school, and I'm still a composer, and like that world i think could have a bigger audience and so we did it in new york and there was just like mad people just like screaming at all their favorite parts of this fucking weird chamber music thing that i wrote and just like i was like damn this is really a preview hopefully of things to come so it's, it's been really sick i hope it goes well tonight too is that like a cool feeling for you for like a counterpart to just actually like want you to get like go back to those roots and like want to do something yeah. like that and like encourage yeah. you? Yeah, it's been interesting because I think like most of the people that I work with in L.A. on some level fuck with me because of that stuff. True, and they, true. they're able to be like, oh, no, we got Johan, the like composer genius in here and shit. And like <laughs> that's like a good selling point because it's like who else are they going to get that they can? You know, I mean, there's Ludwig, you know, um, but like like I think the fact that it's like. Um, the fact that she is not only just being like yeah cool like lend that sauce to these songs but like no like just fully fucking do that thing for my audience and my fans for 20 minutes or whatever 15 or whatever it's going to be like that yeah it is just like a level of trust and a level of like adventurousness which is a, like why I fuck with her and why I think she's one of my favorite artists right now so yeah, yeah. Well, man, we, we are obviously so excited for this show. I mean, obviously, this is gonna this is probably gonna come out after the Boston uh, to yeah. Boston shows. Uh, but if wherever you are, make sure you're following this man Johan Lennox for sure on all uh, platforms, and make sure you are for sure getting into any of the shows that he is doing over the next couple months. I know you even mentioned you might be coming back to Boston pretty soon. That's all I want to do. I mean, <laughs> I really, it's been I'm probably because of you guys and a few other like the Stiz feature stuff. There's definitely just been a lot of people in. Uh, Boston just being like when's the show and so I mean I think a lot of them will be here tonight and tomorrow but I am yeah I'm very excited to do like a small show just around me and friends and stuff in a couple months that would be amazing hey final question for you and before we wrap up and this has been amazing thank you so much for your time and doing this for us I know you know we've been you know we've been in contact for now over a year and it's just been great to Hell watch yeah. watch your journey but also for like your I, I said this before but just your support of us oh uh, yeah hilarious. you guys are the best oh thank you man like me jumping in on uh, Instagram lives this week and just you just like shouting me out like not shouting our platform out like oh, right yeah. away like it was just it's so cool so I just really appreciate it was, that you guys, do you guys know the messy room guys too. yeah i do yeah they're really yeah they've, they've also been really cool I, I, i'm just gonna shout them out since i'm here and like they, yeah. they're fucking fire too so yeah they're really guys cool guys and, them. and there was some guys in hull that i did something with but i can't remember what they were called but whatever yeah no they're, they're you really guys cool. are the best oh thank you man i appreciate that well it's funny yeah, you, right you said that because uh yeah we where we're recording now we're recording at john glass's new studio and those nice. guys those are our, our uh, messy room guys i guess ha- hang out there as well i've been seeing them oh, there cool, yet cool, cool. um but anyway my final question for you before we uh wrap up here what's your favorite song to perform it's been cool to figure that out. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed 15, which is, the, again, the one where I mentioned the red line because that one I, like, added this kind of, like, sort of lightly, like, I don't know. It's like a – it's a pian- – I've been playing piano on it with these, like, random-ass, like, gospel turnarounds and shit, and that's been pretty fun because it's just not in the song. It's just fun to find, like, a new variation on the song, I guess. Um, so that one's been really fun. Moderation is not like it wasn't even a single at the time, but people that seems to people just want me to play that shit. And so that one's a really good because it's easy to sing along to. And mm-hmm. I'd say those two are among my favorites. And this classical shit is just fun because it's just like I don't even know what to expect when we go out and do that. And 
it's just a, it's just a real like challenge I think for the audience and it's excited to watch them kind of like figure it out almost so. yeah yeah are you finding like a lot of new just you're getting like a lot of new fans from all this and just people yeah I think so new yeah new I mean it's awesome. yeah the streams have been going up and like you know again like I said like the thing that's most important to me is really like the DMs and I know a lot of people mm-hmm. will become a fan of an artist without DMing them but like definitely the ones who DM it's like that just like helps me know that like people are out there being like yo I love this song or I love the strings or I love that classical it's like okay cool like there's a person at the other side of this because it really is like with the Spotify shit it's like like you, you've seen artists get like 20 million streams and can't sell out a show and it's like I don't know it's like those are real listens probably but it's all just like ambiently in a hotel lobby or somebody you know it's like nobody, nobody ever like looked up who the artist was it's just pure background music so I think the idea that I can actually share a connection with somebody through music that feels compelled to like write to me about it like that to me is the thing that usually tells me I'm on the right path so that's been it's definitely been like every show yeah it's been like 30 or 40 every show which is not you know it's like whatever a tenth or you know a twentieth probably of the people that are at the show but it's just but you know it's great though no but that's validating it's, it's amazing yeah. it is it shows that you are like actually making an impact on people and like with yeah. through your music and that's I mean that's why again like we fuck with you so much because you know I've, I've always just connected to your music especially so and I not only just instrumentally but also lyrically so hey guys for real like Make sure you guys go stream the album. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's out on all streaming platforms, wherever you get your music. Make sure you go check that out. And uh, if when this comes out, no matter what city you're in, check some dates. See if Johan's going to be in a, uh, coming to a city near you. Once again, Johan, man, thank you so much for being here. Yes, man. This sir. Is, uh, not, or not being here. I, uh, that's, I'm, for I'm having here. me. Sorry. I I'm used here. to saying, uh, you know, be, uh, coming to me. So I, I came I'm, to you I'm this here, time. Man. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, it's just an honor for me to come in here and do this. So, oh, yeah. yeah, without further ado, uh, I'm Mike. This is Johan Lennox with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed. So this is from Dags, Dagostinos. There was one in Winchester. There's one in Arlington. There's and, one in Andover. And one in Andover, which is where you went today. Yes, sir. All right. And this is the Italian. It's the only thing you're supposed to get there with everything that works, including the hot, like, cherry pepper kind of, you know, uh, Italian sort of, like, seeds or whatever that you you chop it up to the spread. They call it hoagie spread in Philly. They call it hots here. This is the only real shit. I've been trying to get this in Wawa for, like, three weeks to, to no avail. This is the fucking shit right here. Yeah, the turntable teachers came through and made hey, sure this man got his Dagestino. Get this spice. Yeah. Gross. Oh my god. <laughs> is Dags a thing? I mean, I knew Dags was in Winchester. I knew there was like maybe like one in like Andover. In like Arlington or something. Well, is it, is it, Ar- is it Arlington? She's from Arlington. Is there one in Arlington? But then there's, is that it? No, no, there's oh, one in Winchester. Where did you all get it from? Andover. Because there's one in Andover too. Huh. Yeah. I've lived in Andover for like. Oh, without realizing you thought it was a local thing. Too. I had no, yeah, I had no idea. I thought there was only one because she took right. me to the one. She always takes me to the one in Winchester. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You guys go to Winchester a lot? No. Well, you do. What do you do in Winchester? Just again, since I grew up so close, I just feel like all the restaurants. And you go to restaurants in Winchester? Oh, we're, we just were at a west, restaurant in Winchester. What was it called again? Winchester's like for your two mother, restaurants. For your mom's birthday. Lucia's. Oh yeah, you went to Lucia. Yeah. I forgot Lucia. I always forget that exists. That, that's been there since <laughs> I was before I was born. It was pretty good. The, the, the guy Felipe or Filippo Frateroli, he used to like. I, I went to school with his daughter, but he also owns one in the North End. So I feel like that it's called just called Filippo's. I think so. That's like the suburban North End flavor, I guess. This is great blooper content, by the oh, way. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. You're good. <laughs>